Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof Podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And we've got our dear friend and sister back with us, Dr. Kathy Cook. She's yes. got a new book out that's going to be a blessing. That is already a blessing to parents. And whenever there's content that's a blessing to parents, it's going to be a blessing to kids, right? Amen. Because <laughs> <laughs> the kids get to be on the receiving yes. end of the wisdom that we parents receive. The book is Parent Differently, mm. Raise Kids with Biblical Character That Changes Culture. And of course, that is right up our alley. We want to see culture change and yes. we want the Lord to do that first in us, right? That we that's live right. in this culture, but the culture doesn't live in us. So Dr. Kathy, how's the book doing? Well, it's doing well, but it'll do better now that I'm on your podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go on. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I just appreciate what you just said, because I worked really hard with Moody about the subtitle of the book. And um, I do think parents are concerned about culture. Obviously, we know that that's true. Some have given up and thrown up their hands and said, well, it is what it is. And that's very sad, scary and wrong. But what's exciting to me about the book is that I want kids to believe they can be culture influencers. Mm -hmm. yes. they, they can change culture. So the subtitle implies that through a child's character, you know, he or she can change culture. And, you know, if a kid is nice to a piano teacher and is polite and kind and says, please and thank you, you change the perspective of that piano teacher who goes home and has a better night with her family. Yes. If you, if you don't lie at school or at home when the other kids do, you're making the culture a better place by being biblical in your character choices. And I think kids need to know they don't have to grow up to become able to be agents of change mm. for God's glory. They can do it right now. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Amen. You know, I think sometimes even as parents, we sort of take the wide lens view of what we want for our kids. We think mm. long-term and we think, okay, you know, I, this is the big picture, but it's those little sort of character building moments and, and even suggesting to our kids that it matters how they live right now, not just in the yeah. future as an adult, but how they live right now. It's so critical. I love that because patterns are being set, uh, values are being chosen. Uh, our character is the bedrock of decision making. So it makes sense that now matters. Yeah. Because now matters. Like now matters. That's right. And of course, what's happening now is going to uh, move into the future as well. So there's really a double a double reason for us to emphasize this and to care about our kids. I love what the two of you are doing because you're speaking life into parents who don't want to throw up their hands. They no. don't want to be desperate. They want to be proactive. So I'm so That's grateful right. for you. Oh, thank you so much for That's that. Right. Can we can we dive into parent differently? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So first question that I, I have for you is how may we understand character? Like, because I think character tends to be one of those terms that we hear and we think, oh yeah, I know what character is. But then once we start talking and discussing, maybe we don't know what character is. Is there a generic definition for character? I actually love that you're starting that way because when I just said 
the character is the bedrock of decision making. I wonder if there were some people who were surprised by that. So it is important that we figure it out. I was intrigued to learn that character comes from some root words. It has to do with engraving. It has to do with marking us. We are marked by our character. It is our reputation. If you think about the people you know and how you talk about them, like if we had a mutual friend and we started talking about him or her, eventually we would be talking about that person's character. It is what marks us. It determines our priorities. It's based on beliefs. It shows up in our reputation and it's inner governance. You guys, it's the inner governance. It's how we make decisions. Mm. You know, I had a wise elder tell me when I was a, a youth uh, at, at, at the church that I grew up in, he said, you know, Will, he said, uh, character outweighs charisma. And he said, yeah. he said, the thing is, character is built in that area where there's no one else around mm. and you still do what's right. That's that's building character. You know, and he, he said a lot of focus and emphasis is put on charisma and outward show. But character is built in those places where nowhere or no one else is around mm. and, and those things are, are, are worked in you. I, I just can't emphasize that enough. I love the way you stated that. One of the things I say in the book more than once is that this biblical character, this healthy character that I want our children to have, they, um, they're willing to do what's right even when no one's looking and mm-hmm. the burden is heavy. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to be right and do what's right even when no one's looking. So in other words, they're not doing it to win a prize or earn a reward or to avoid punishment. They're doing it because it is who they are and they want to be right because right feels right. And I also want our kids to be able to do what is right when the burden is heavy. So I don't lie, even if I'm teased for not lying. That's good. I I don't join in with the bully, even if I'm bullied next, because I protected a kid being bullied. I will be right and do right, even when no one's looking, and even if the burden is heavy. And that would be Jesus Christ, right? Mm. That would be how he lived his sacrificial life. Um, He did what was right and didn't really care about you know, what happened around him in a, in a sense. Right. So then, okay. So I'm glad you mentioned the character of Christ and who, who Jesus Christ is. Right. So how do we understand the distinction between biblical character and Christ like character? Because oh. you make a distinction between that, those two in the book. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Um, so Christ, like we're, we're certainly called in the new Testament to become like Christ. So there's nothing wrong with Christ like character. However, Children have said to me, but Dr. Kathy, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. I can't be perfect. I'm not perfect. And so sometimes I think with children, it could be maybe a weight that we don't need for them to bear, because that's not what we mean by becoming like Christ. But biblical character, I did that specifically because the Old Testament matters. Mm. There are there are Old Testament verses that are relevant to our character. The whole book of Proverbs is in the Old Testament. Oh, yes, and the amen. whole book is about the wise one and the foolish one. And then we have Esther and Daniel and Moses and Caleb and Ruth and Naomi and so many men and women who we can use as examples for our children's faith. Mm. If I want kids to be courageous, I'm going to talk about Daniel. If I want girls and boys to be men and women of their word who follow the instruction that I've provided, I'm going to introduce them to Esther. Mm -hmm. She saved a whole people group because she was obedient to the instruction. Um, Not the advice and opinion, by the way, that she was raised with, but by the instruction. And so biblical character is Old Testament, New Testament heroes, the names of God, attributes of God, names of Christ, attributes of Christ, the role of the Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, this is all just an impossible game, Mm. right? We, you know, we can develop a pattern and we can develop an expectation that we will behave a certain way, 
because those beliefs become the patterns that we're known for. Our character is our reputation. And yet the three of us know that without the Holy Spirit's guidance, it's easy to gossip and tease and name call and yes. demand, you know, and so that's important to me. And then all of the verses like in the, in the New Testament, for instance, the definition of love in first Corinthians 13, what if we took that out of the marriage ceremony and put that into parenting? Mm, what, if, good. You know, what about the, um, the fruit of the spirit? And what about the one another's of the New Testament? Submit to one another, pray for one another, greet one another with a holy kiss. These are character attributes. And there's so many more. The Beatitudes, or maybe I already mentioned those. Um, the, there's just so much. And I, so I wanted to say biblical character is the instruction manual of the entire book and all the people and all the attributes and all of the examples that are there. And ultimately, the goal of biblical character is to put God on display and to make him look good. Amen. It, Amen. It's, not, it's not about... You know, I want a great reputation so that you like me or hire me. No, I want a great reputation because as a Christ follower and known as that, I either make God look good or I don't. There's there's no gray area, right? I either glorify God in my choices or I don't. And so I want to raise up a generation of kids or generations who know God well enough to know what it means to put him on display. And they choose to do that. Again, even if the burden's heavy and no one's watching. You know, it's really interesting how you describe um, this this weightiness of God going public through us. And, and I'm thinking about um, almost sort of like a little epidemic happening in the Christian community where there are a lot of um, young people who are deconstructing their faith. And one of the reasons they point to for this deconstruction is I would I would summarize it as God being poorly represented and those who were tasked with representing him well and presenting him as he actually is um, and not their poor version of who he is. I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on that, Dr. Kathy. Oh, I think that's a great point. Yeah, if this strong Christian leader can't maintain his his Christian walk, to use that phrase, then who am I to think that I could? Mm. And, you know, and if he gave up, you know, he's a theologian or he's a composer of songs and he's, you know, he's studied scripture and he's been walking with the Lord a long time. And if he all of a sudden woke up and decided, hey, this isn't real, then why, why don't I just not waste all that time of pretending? And why don't I just decide right now that I'm going to agree with him? So this is another reason why, boy, we have to be careful who we let our kids follow, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and who we let them become like. And, and then when somebody falls, who they're following, and it's going to happen. Then how do we talk about that? Mm -hmm. Discernment. Discernment's one of the top 13 qualities. You know, you two appreciate your endorsement of the book so much. And you know that I have 48 qualities in the back and then a top baker's dozen 13. And one of the 13 that I think we need to really emphasize is discernment. Mm. Do we train our children to know for themselves, even when we're not there to help them, what is evil and what is good and mm -hmm. what is for them and what is against them? Who is on their side and who is not? Who to give up on? Who to give a second chance to? So if you teach discernment through the scripture, we discern with the Holy Spirit and the use of the scripture, and, they, and they're following a musical group, and they begin to figure out that the lyrics aren't quite as biblical as they once were, and they actually open the scripture and compare. I mean, I would celebrate that kid with a hot fudge sundae or whatever, because mm -hmm. that, that's what you want, right, is that they're learning how to do that for themselves. And until they can, we have to do it for them, and then we teach them how we drew the conclusions that we drew. You know, Dr. Kathy, I love that you include these character qualities because, again, as as we said, as we endorse the book, you know, you put powerful 
impactful and eternal parenting on the bottom shelf for us. Like it really, because I think that there are so many parents who will hear you speak as you travel the country and even around the world. And, and we hear you and we're listening and we're going, but how do I do that? I, I am not the child specialist. I, I don't study behavior. I don't yeah. understand mm-hmm. how to notice the connections between, you know, maybe what my kid is saying and what my kid is doing and, and what possible gaps are there. But I want to stay in this area here where we're talking about discernment, because I think that for the parent, if we are going to teach discernment, mm-hmm. we ourselves have to have be to discerning. Yeah. And so how do we get to the place? where we know how to discern so that we can pass that on as a strong character trait in our children. Wow, I love that. Um, we have to want more for ourselves. We, th- I, we have got to be brave and we have got to respond to the leaning of the Holy Spirit, mm. to check in our spirit. Um, I think we need to not believe the sound bite, but go and do the research to make sure that what somebody said they believed is what they believe based on additional proof, et cetera. So there's the, the you know, research that goes on behind it. It's, do you know the word? Do you know the truth? Do you know the voice of the spirit? And do you know the manipulation of the, the evil one? Are you mm. wearing the full armor of God? I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, discernment, though, it requires that we're not lazy, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Discernment, you know, we have to want more and we have to know that the, the liar is, is loud and prevalent. So in, in the book, I say that discerning children are alert. So that would mean the parents would have to be alert. Mm. They use appropriate standards to recognize and classify what is true, good, healthy, etc. Mm. So somebody who discerns well uses appropriate standards. Now, the standard of the culture, you guys know this, is happiness. Yes. Yep. Entertain. Like, yep. will, yes. It, will it make me keep me happy? Is it entertaining enough? Is it loud enough? Um, will it make me feel good inside? That cannot be the standard that believers use. So are we teaching that? And then this, what's interesting about discernment, the quality of discernment results in mature security, identity, and belonging, right? If you teach your kids to discern, and if you discern, you'll be less likely to be sucked into the muck. Mm-hmm. You'll be, you'll have, probably have a pretty solid core at your identity. You'll have relationships that you want to maintain because you have said no to the people who are manipulative and bullying in their behavior. And these children, kids are discerned, they have integrity. So Mm -hmm. I would say to an adult listening, if you don't have integrity, it might be because you can't discern. And so you don't even recognize when you have flipped from yes to no so quickly that people have a headache, Mm. healthy relationships, and we are aware, fair, focused, forgiving, and remorseful. So one of the things I did in the book is connect the qualities so that we can begin to see if my kid is not this, here are some qualities that can come alongside of that and bring um, a a firmer foundation to that. So again, I think uh, discernment is related to being aware, fair, focused, forgiving, and remorseful. Mm. It's so good. And 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 I want to stay here as we examine parents, right? Um, because it's a huge, it's a huge part of what we do. Like we we cannot impart or shape what is not in us. Like right. if, if this is not who we are, right. then what we're trying to do is secure for ourselves something that is, I mean, I don't know, it's not even genuine for us. It's not even something that's in our 
our own heart. So I want to stay in this place and talking about not only character in children, but I want to talk about character in parents. So, so here is my question. When you've got a kid who maybe is um, competitive, you know, and I don't mean competitive in sports, but I mean competitive in life, right? Like always sort of like, oh, you did this. Well, I did that. You know, as a parent, we may see that in our kid, but we don't recognize that they picked that up somewhere. They, mm-hmm. they learned that from somewhere. So one of the things that you point out in the book is that we've got to, as parents, examine ourselves. So it's not just our own ability to discern, but it's being aware of the character flaws we have that we are passing on <laughs> to our offspring. And then when we see it in them, we despise it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually something they got from us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So then do we despise them mm. because they make us feel bad? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things I've talked to parents about that, you know, yeah, you despise it because you know what's going on there. They're, they live with you. They see who you are and mm-hmm. what you do. And then when they become little mini me and you don't like it, then you yell and that doesn't change them. But what's happening there is, internally if there's any maturity at all you're thinking well what's wrong with me and, mm. and then is the adult and i don't say this lightly is the adult willing to do the hard work is the adult willing to say i'm a person of worth separate from being a mom i'm a i'm a person of worth mm-hmm. um you know god created me jesus died for me and so am i willing to work on the stuff that i don't want to see coming out of my kids and then what i think we have to do is is if the children are old enough we sit down and we apologize sincerely and we say, you know, you're helping me become a better person. And could we work on this together? And because you know what? I'm sure you would agree with me. You've got six kids. When you recognize in front of your children your faults, it increases your authority. It doesn't decrease your authority. Yes. It, right. it allows your children to come to you and say, Daddy, I'm struggling too. Mm. And now they're not afraid that you're going to reject and say, well, what do you mean that was hard for you? Everything's easy for me. No. When we admit that we can also be persuaded to sin or we can also be manipulated or we also mm-hmm. don't always know how to quickly come back from, from trauma. I think it's good for our kids. Yes. So there, there's more I could say, but I'll leave it at that and, and ask you to respond. What do you think? Of no, all that rambling. That's not rambling <laughs> no, that's at all. That, that is the wisdom <laughs> that the Lord has entrusted to you, Dr. Kathy. And, and I would just say, um, because you kind of provoked us with the question yeah. and even I think it's worth exploration because when we do have six kids and we've got, two sets. We've got teens and then we've got, you know, younger kids. And so we're exploring the development of their character in both of those age groups, right? Mm -hmm. And sort of how we can press them at specific ages Mm -hmm. and how we need to pull back. But you're right that when we point out, so, so one of the things over the years is based on the character that we saw in them, good godly character, we've trusted them with more. So the more they show they're responsible and we point it out, now you get to do this. We don't just slide it in. We want them to know you've, you've earned this. You've shown that you're trustworthy and they have valued that. And so recently we were having a conversation. In fact, it was just last night, Dr. Kathy, and we were talking about how when you are able to have device time and we have set a standard and we've said, these are the things that we believe honor God. And so these are the channels that we approve of. These are the ones we don't approve of. These are the ones you can watch. These are the ones you can't watch. We got into a conversation about thumbnails. And so we talked about how the thumbnails are meant to draw you in. And so as parents, for us to say, listen, sometimes it's tempting, isn't it? Because you see a thumbnail and you're curious. You're like, 
What is that about? But we have to resist that temptation because on the other side of that could be something that really just yanks on us and keeps us longer than we intend to stay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you're, and and that helps them to know that we're not putting ourselves as like superheroes, right? That we are not, that we're beyond that, you know? And we're saying we together want to glorify God. And one of the things that was pointed out in that conversation was that we all need to do better. All of us. Because we could all be tempted in that way. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this before, but that's something that my dad did that really um, uh, raised the level of respect that I had for him. You know, one one time when he apologized to me as an adult, he said, I'm I'm sorry for the times that I disciplined you out of anger. Mm. And I was mm. like, and it really did something to me because he didn't have to do that. And I probably deserved all of the, <laughs> discipline, the discipline, you know, but he did that. And I, I will never forget that. Yeah. You know, uh, when he came to me and said, I want to apologize to you for that, for all those times. And mm-hmm. that really stuck with me. So when we show that we're not up here and you guys are down here and we, you know, we, we are infallible and all that kind of stuff. When they see that, man, we need the grace of God Amen. as well. Man, it does something to our children. Is that one of the ways, Dr. Kathy, that... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, you respond. Go ahead. I was going to ask you if that is one of the ways that we begin to address poor character in our children. I kind of wanted to segue into how do we start to extract those qualities that we see in our kids? We don't want to crush them, but we want to acknowledge that this is is poor character quality on display. What I was going to say just fits with that. I think that um, I want the family to work on things together. I, I will be very surprised if readers of my book who begin reading as moms and dads don't continue reading as men and women. I think it's impossible mm. to read a book about character and not have it slap you upside of the head. And, mm. and I did like I didn't write like hoping that you know that's going to happen necessarily. But what if the whole family worked on generosity? Mm-hmm. What if the whole family worked on attitudes of gratitude? What if the whole family worked on courage and the whole family worked on humility and the whole family worked on patience? And not that you can point out, Daddy, you were impatient. No, that's disrespect. <laughs> so we have boundaries of how, how that happens. But again, there's scriptures, there's devotionals, there's stories that could be read, there's conversations to have. And, and we're on the lookout. And we're on the lookout for good. We're on the lookout for catching them being patient. Because I know if we affirm their choices for good, we won't even have to point out the bad. Mm. You 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 watch a little six year old choose patience when she's waiting her turn for her piece of cake, and you say, Angela, I've noticed that you are patiently waiting for your cake. That's going to rock her world. She's going to be feel loved and respected and wanted and known. And those feelings, like even when your dad apologized to you, well, you felt respect, mm-hmm. you felt seen, you felt um, significant. His mm-hmm. humility ministered yeah. hope to you. There's, we, we need to remember the connections of all of this and how they're intertwined. And if I could say something else related to modeling that I think fits in this discussion, I want us to recognize that when we, let's say we talk about our fault, let's say we talk about a mistake we made or whatever. They don't, they don't automatically understand the consequences of that. And the same thing is true with our strengths, all right? So let, here's a true example of a dad who's already read the book said, that he forgot a report at work. He was supposed to turn in a report at two o'clock. He chose to work on what he wanted to work on rather than on what his boss needed him to work on. So at about three o'clock, there was a knock on the door and the the supervisor was there saying, I needed that report at two. So this guy made um, an unfortunate decision to prioritize his own want above the need of a boss, didn't get something done. So he went home and he told his kids what happened. And he said, I made a mistake today. 
And my boss had to stop by the office and I felt so bad that I had made an immature choice. Mm. It's another thing we have to do, you guys, is we have to use specific language. Don't say a bad choice. I made an immature choice and put my preferences above my boss, which is not appropriate. He's my authority when I'm at work. And he caught me and it was embarrassing. And now I'm going to have to build back trust. And I'm so sorry, Thomas, but I can't go to your soccer game this afternoon because mm. I have to stay home and boot up my computer and get that report done because I have to have it to the first thing in the morning. So, and I think, so that's the consequence of the decision, right? I chose to forget to work on something and that's your power word is choice. I chose to forget to work on that report. And as a consequence, I'm now stressed, overworked. I miss a soccer game and I have to build back trust. Mm. I'm gonna be nervous for a while whenever my boss walks by the door, thinking he's gonna knock on the door. Mm. So there's consequences of the choices. There's also consequences of the good choices we make. And that's what kids don't necessarily see. And that's what I want us to talk more about as we role model good and, and unhealthy decisions so that our kids begin to understand. This is why daddy wants me to re be responsible. This is why mom says pay attention to priorities. Mm -hmm. Not just because I'm seven now and I irritate her, but because someday I don't want to get in trouble like my dad. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, again, this is so good. You, know, you have to do it with respect. You, you know, Don't let the kids shame you. But I think it's valuable to talk about. Yeah, the book mm. is Parent Differently, Raise Kids with Biblical Character That Changes Culture. Dr. Kathy Cook, the founder and president of Celebrate Kids, is our guest. And we're, we're talking about, I think, the difficult work of self-examination before we examine our kids. And I think that's something that's always very uncomfortable because maybe historically— Parents have enjoyed the legend of perfection. You know what I mean? Like we don't do, we don't do anything wrong. Like we always get it right. But one of the things I love that you do in this book is that it calls us to an introspection. It calls, it calls us to a self-examination. I mean, it's biblical, right? Because it's like looking at the plank in your eye before you yeah. examine the speck, the speck in your kid's eye, maybe because yeah. it's our children, we minimize the, the impact of the scriptures in that, that mm. we just go right for the speck because it's our kid and they don't get the benefit of the scriptures applied to them, but really they do and they should enjoy mm -hmm. the benefit of that. Um, I want to make a shift here before we run out of time. And don't worry to our listeners, there will be a part two. There will be a part two. Um, but I, I want to talk about um, understanding the connection between our kids um, processing character and the the product of character may be um for for parents obedience so what's the connection there between not just having our kids um perform for us right as we examine ourselves and then examine them we we do want some behavior change that would be consistent with godly character what's the danger and just sort of measuring obedience that they're doing what I asked them to do and not going deeper and examining the motivation behind it. Right. Uh, yeah. The joke is that if I would have called the book raising obedient kids, I would have sold a lot more copies um, <laughs> because that tends to be what moms and dads care about grandparents as well. And, and we should, it matters, but um, obedience is a matter of the heart. I don't want kids to um, be rule followers who don't think. Uh, because then, again, for the most part, they have to have someone there to see if they're working out the rule right. So they're going to look around and go, oh, no one's here, so I'm going to take another cookie. Versus a child with character who has been told no is no, and you may not have another cookie. We need to leave some for grandma who's visiting later tonight. And that child, even when left alone in the kitchen, does not choose a cookie. So obedience is rule following. It's not a matter of the heart. 
it can become very legalistic and very uh, pressureful, if you will. But character, a matter of the heart with the transformation that the Holy Spirit brings, is what equips children to be well and do well, even when no one is looking and the burden is heavy. And it, it goes with them everywhere. It goes with them to school and work and the soccer field and the college dorm room and the Sunday school room and when the babysitter is over and you're not there. Mm. So, um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. It, it is, obedience is relevant. Obedience is also way too big of a word. You know, be obedient. What's that mean? Like, that's just everything, right? Whereas character, again, has, in my book, 48 qualities that you can, you can say. So before you leave the house and you're going to leave your two kids alone for a while while you run a quick errand, you can say, be careful, be agreeable, and be kind. And that's your assignment. Those are words that are observable. And if you've taught them what agreeable and kind and what was the other one, um, what those mean, then they're going to be able to be, to be able to be that. Oh, goodness. I'm, I, I just there was another one you just said. That's OK. OK. Um, <laughs> but, I failed the test. I, I, I failed the test. I hope I hope it I hope it made sense what I was saying. Yes, it absolutely does, because it sparked actually another question. I'll tell you what was happening just on my end here. I was exploring another question in my mind as you're talking and whether or not I should ask it because I didn't want it to be perceived as like a pushback on what you just said. And so, mm, so ask it. okay, so here's my question. And I understand that we want our kids to understand. Is there ever a time, Dr. Kathy, where we want our kids to obey and in line with biblical character, God calls us to obey. And sometimes he explains why. And sometimes he just says to do, are we, go ahead, help me with that. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. If you're asking, is it okay for a parent to say, because I said so? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, what I would say about that is, um, have you, have you earned the right to be their authority? Mm. I don't, I don't say that lightly. Just having the title mom and dad, if you're not in a healthy relationship with your kids, if they don't respect you and who you are and who you are becoming, if they don't think that you're on their side, then, you know, because I said so is very painful and, and very, there's no integrity there at all. However, if you have a good relationship with your kids and it, and it should be obvious, I think that's okay. I also think you can say things like God has called you to right standing in this situation. God has called us to the narrow path. And I, and I would say, depending on the age of the kids, I would say, you are not stupid or foolish. Obey me. Mm. In, the, in the right context, that's okay. And if you've taught character, they won't be fearful of that statement. Yes. And if we have time in the next show, I'd love to share the three qualities that lead to obedience. There's, yes. There's, uh, there's 13, the top 13 in my book, and three of them, according to research, lead to first-time obedience. And so we can get very specific about this. So there is a time to expect and even demand um, because you do have authority, uh, obedience. You got to be careful mm -hmm. how often, the way you do it, who's listening to you. Are you obedient? Also, there's a there's a lot of muddy mess there if we're not careful. No, I think that's great. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I asked the question because I, I and, and I think and maybe we'll unpack this in our next episode. Yeah. And maybe I just need to put a pin here. This would be a good place to stop. Um, and I hope that our listeners will listen to the follow up episode here because I I want to acknowledge that there are age groups where there is more 
immediate obedience required for safety reasons rather than in our older kids where, you know, you can explain because you are trying to shape character. I just think in younger kids, if I need you to stop running, if I say stop, because absolutely, do you know what I mean? And so I, I say to parents all the time, uh, if your kid's about to run out into the road, yell, stop. Don't stand there and think, what would Dr. Kathy want me to say to my child while I was standing? No, you value your child's life and you yell, stop. And so you've trained them that certain words and certain tone of voice, like you do not question me. Yes. This, this is life. Yes. Right. And, and I agree that then you come back for another opportunity to talk about, I'm disappointed that I had to yell, stop. I would have thought by now you would have understood what mom and dad meant about staying in the yard, this side of the sidewalk. Yes. Because you get distracted because you love your red ball and you get too close to the road. And what if I wouldn't have been there? So there's a point, there's a place for that instruction, but not when they're about to get hit by a car. Yes. So for the older kids, it's not good enough to say so that your days may be long on the earth. Oh, baby, so that you, <laughs> you need to honor. That's so great. Listen, so let us let us let us know how that goes. Man. Right? Yeah, be, because they still want an explanation. I mean, and and I understand it. It is a major. Um, it's a major uh, cultural adjustment for us. I will tell you, as we have, and pun intended here, endeavored to parent differently. Okay, as we've endeavored yeah. to get back to the Bible and not just sort of like continue what was normative for us. We want to have a biblical basis for everything that we do. It really requires a lot more work. It it is, it it is wrestled away from us, the safety net of like, because I go, because I told you that's what I was told all the time. (laughs) And, And can I tell you, I, you know, I don't know what that means about us, but it was enough. It was enough today though. I feel like with our kids having access to so much, we, we don't want to just stop the behavior. We want them to have a biblical understanding for why this is not good. It's discipleship you know? as well. It's discipleship. You know, yes. it's not just uh, behavior yeah. modification. It's yes. discipleship. So to know yes. why you are doing this, and, and I'm telling you this because of this. Yes. I don't owe you an explanation, but I want, I want to disciple you. I want yes. to show you what this means. Dr. Kathy. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Amen and amen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, let me just remind our listeners where they can pick up a copy of your book. The book is Parent Differently Raise Kids with Biblical Character That Changes Culture. I want to encourage you to check out Dr. Kathy's website, CelebrateKids.com, CelebrateKids.com. And you can get this book published by Moody, by the way, wherever you get your book. So Amazon, you can go directly to CelebrateKids.com. Um, can I just encourage our listeners please leave a rating for the book. We need to tell our culture what they should be reading. And one of the ways we do that is by leaving a rating under the books that we're reading. We tell the culture, hey, this is something good for you. And if if we've had (laughs) enough of kids who turn into adults that have poor character, then let's tell their parents right now they should read this book. The book is Parent Differently. If you get a copy, make sure you leave a rating. You can just click a few stars if you're pressed for time, or you can actually go the extra mile and write a review. It will be a blessing to Dr. Kathy and her ministry, and it'll also let the culture know, get with it. Okay, CelebrateKids.com is the book. We want to remind you as we go out of the program, when you resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, you will remain culture-proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. (laughs) 